my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Nicole Moore. How are you, Nicole? And I'm great, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to chat with you. Oh, I'm so honored to have you. Nicole has been a um, not only a longtime partner with the department. When I first got here, I remember Dr. Bill Hendricks introducing me to Nicole and telling me how great she was, uh, she is, and what was and is. And um, but she's also um, she is also a 2004 graduate, so she preceded most of the faculty um, that we do have now. Currently, Nicole um, was Dr. G. Was Dr. Goldenberg here? Not quite. No, right. I think she came in right after I left. Right after you left. That's what (laughs) I was thinking. Uh, That is uh, that is wild. So um, uh, I'm not trying to say you're old, Nicole. Not at all. (laughs) You're very you're very young. And Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, Nicole. So like I said, she's a 2004 graduate and she is currently the director of sales and marketing for the Central Coast of California Hospitality. So we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to talk about that. Um, um, but those uh, that company includes uh, Seacrest Oceanfront Hotel in Pismo that many of you are familiar with, the Inn at the Cove, and the Tide Ocean View Inn and Cottages. So. Uh, some beachfront hotels there, uh, and, and very exciting. Um, I'm sure keeps you hopping. Um, but let's go back in time, Nicole, and, and talk a bit about your upbringing. Where'd you grow? Tell us where you grew up. Oh, I'd be happy to. I uh, had the pleasure of growing up in South Lake Tahoe, California, yeah. uh, right near the base of Heavenly Valley Ski Resort, if anybody's familiar with it. Yeah. So I uh, had the joy of growing up in the mountains and my house was backed up to National Forest Service land and we could go and walk for miles and miles and miles and climb trees and swim in the creek by in the house and ski in the wintertime until our hearts were content and spend the summers on the lake. So quite the upbringing to lead me into a career of recreation, honestly. Uh, I was always an outdoor person and uh, really living in nature. And that was one of our highest family values. I bet, Nicole, that is really fabulous. I just, um, I just love imagining that and thinking about it. And, you know, I've been to, been to, or most of us obviously have been to Lake Tahoe and seen the beauty, uh, there around, but you were there before, uh, all the crowds got there. <laughs> and, uh, that's right. And so I'm sure it was a little bit more pure when you were growing up, eh? It was, but it always has been a community centered around tourism. Uh, As I'm in the business now, I understand that even more. And uh, my dad was also always a part of that in the local and the private sector. Uh, So it's always been a part of my upbringing is living in a beautiful place does also bring tourists with it and employs quite a few people in those communities. So uh, it's an... A balance of the two uh, that is is quite interesting and really all tourism do- destinations. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I hope we can get into that a little bit more, Nicole. You you've you've had such a a, a great career in hospitality and tourism. And um, you know, that that's obviously one of the biggest issues um as we you know, with with this summer, um, this past summer and and the Maui um the Maui fires and and um you know the devastation that that was um that happened there in Lahaina, um, obviously it's, it's at the forefront of a, a lot of our thoughts. And, and obviously those of us who are in the industry, that's been at the forefront of our thoughts for a number of, of, of years. And, and so you're, you're obviously uniquely positioned to be able to talk about it, but we'll get there. Let's talk about growing up a little bit more. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned mom and dad, you mentioned your parents, uh, what did, what did they do when you were growing up? You said your dad was in the business. What exactly? Yeah, he was actually. He worked for the city of South Lake Tahoe as the superintendent of the Parks and Recreation. So he had a master's degree in Parks, Recreation and Tourism from uh, Sacramento State University. And he was uh, employed there for almost 40 years when he retired. And he led all the parks, campgrounds, the rec center, the pool, ice skating rink, uh, quite a few facilities all over South Lake Tahoe. Golf course. That is so awesome. That is yeah. so awesome. And and for those who don't know or, or aren't um don't have any family, I mean, you really are a representative of the town, right? You become like a face. Like I I I know growing up, like I can name my Phil Mobley, right? He was like the director of our parks and recreation, and like he was a a a um uh, an institution, if you will, like a a part of of the community. And so I imagine that was pretty cool. What about what about your mom? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the same for my dad. Everybody knew Gary Moore around town. Yeah. Uh, and my mom was a nurse at the hospital. So oh, both cool. of them are super community minded. And still, yeah. they're both retired uh, to this yeah. day. And they uh, act on boards, they volunteer for the hospital and the fire departments. Okay. So they're still greatly active in the community. And that's also been uh, a deep part of my uh, upbringing and family values. Love it. Love it. Shout out to mom and dad on that. Uh, How about siblings? Do you have any brothers and sisters growing up? I do. I have a younger brother who also went through the Cal Poly uh, Recreation Parks and Tourism Department. Maybe you knew him. His name is Jamie Moore. And he's uh, six years uh, younger than me. And he's moved along into the tech industry in the Silicon Valley. So he's had jobs at Google, uh, multiple recruiting agencies, and he's currently working uh, in a startup with his buddies and they are doing their own schedule and uh, making their own time for their new families. So it's really cool to see him progress through his career in a totally different direction, but also with also with the same degree. It's so interesting to right. see what direction people go. That is so, that is so wild. And, um, and I just pulled up Jamie and yes, I absolutely <laughs> remember Jamie. I don't think I ever remembered making the connection that, <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, you, you all were related. Um, so shout out Jamie. He looks like he's doing great. He's got that, uh, got that cool startup picture and, uh, <laughs> looks, that looks great. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more. You, you, you talked about, uh, you know, growing up in the outdoor and and loving running around in the woods and whatnot. Tell us a little bit more about what what you got into. What was your jam growing up in addition to running around and appreciating nature uh, there in Lake Tahoe? 
Uh, really mostly athletics and uh, sporting and outdoor activities. So we had a really cool opportunity being at school in South Lake Tahoe in our middle school and high schools. You could take an elective outside PE class, which constituted as skiing or snowboarding or water sports or dance, a dance program. I had quite a few friends that would go and dance. So essentially, uh, a few times a week, you'd get out of school around noon because you'd go to class all morning long. And then we'd go ski our hearts out all afternoon and spend the afternoons on the mountains and just out experiencing nature. And it was just such a cool experience and really, I think, different than maybe the average high school experience that most kids have. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. That's really fun. So uh, this next segment, uh, Nicole, I like to call our, our glory day segment. <laughs> um, you know, we um, so many of us uh, have things that we that we that we did in high school or middle school or whatever that we're like really proud of that no one ever gets to hear about anymore. Right. Because of <laughs> those glory days, like like Bruce says, they pass us by. Right. But this is your this is your chance to to tell us uh, what you're most proud of uh, before you got to Cal Poly. Was there was there something that you that you did that um, that really stands out? Hmm. Well, when I was in high school, I had already uh, started working and I was working yeah. for the rec center. Surprisingly, right. um, my dad was able to get me a really great job uh, and it's a camp counselor and a lifeguard at nice. the rec center when I was in high school. And up, so, yeah. And so um, by, by the time I was, I think, a senior in high school, I was the lead counselor making the agendas for the what we were going to do all summer, uh, making the staffing agendas. So I was proud of that. I've always had a really strong work ethic. Um, my brother and myself have. And so yeah. uh, I really think that also helped propel me into other jobs that came after that. Right. I love it. I love it, Nicole. And, and you know, I, I feel I feel like, in a, in a way, you're almost like family, right? Because my, my stepdad, his last name is Moore. And so I had a very similar experience. I grew up on a tobacco farm and um, I, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the luxury of working at the pool. I got the luxury <laughs> of working in the tobacco field. And he made me like the lead. Uh, you know, I was the lead in the field. And so I had to oversee people. And um, and but but it's exactly what you said, like you you develop this mentality of leadership and this mentality of recognizing like I, you were supervising people that were your age and even older in some instances, I'm sure. And that, um, that breeds maturity. You have to, you, you have to, to know how to handle people. You have to know how to, 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 to problem solve, right. When things are, are, are going rough and, and things do go rough at pools and um and that's uh, that that can be scary at times and so you kind of have to get wise above uh, uh you know above your years there would you would you agree to that one it's true brian yeah and you learn how just like you said to manage people um and to work with people yeah. in a efficient and cohesive environment but also that customer Customer and that guest. That's that kind of first guest experience that I think I got. Um, the parent that was coming to pick up the kid, you know, chatting with them about the day. And you're right, there is problem solving that has to go into all of that. That happened with kids and parents and yeah. pools and injuries and keeping people safe. 
and following the rules that are set for a reason. Um, So yes, managing all that, but still remaining positive and still remaining happy and smiling, I think is kind of the key to um, getting through all that with a little bit more ease. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, uh, a great glory days example there. I just love it, Nicole. So let's talk about that transition from um, from a kid growing up in South Lake Tahoe all the way down to, to San Luis Obispo. Um, so you've mentioned that that Jamie followed in your footsteps, but but you said that that dad was a Sacramento State grad. So what what um, how did you get introduced to um, to San Luis Obispo to Cal Poly? Tell us about that story and that journey. Well, like most high school kids, I was wondering what my friends were going to go to. And I had quite a few, uh, I think there were 16 of us from my graduating high school class that all came to Cal Poly together. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think 10 of them were engineers in the engineer (laughs) engineering department. Right. So, uh, you know, I had all these friends going to Cal Poly and they're like, this place is so cool. You should check it out. You should check it out. Smart. And of course, yeah, (laughs) we came exactly the smart friends. So we came down to see it and of course fell in love, you know, uh, came from the beach at the lake, but beach people are beach people. So seeing that beach was really attractive to me and still is to this day. Uh, and with my dad's insight, we knew that they had a recreation parks and administration program, which is yeah. what it was called back in the yeah. day that I applied. Yeah. And I uh, was a very good student in high school. So I did have an excellent GPA and some AP courses under my belt because yeah. Cal Poly is incredibly competitive to get into in all of the majors. Um, but I was lucky enough to get in and it was the best awesome. school that I had applied to. So I was jumping for joy. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I love it. So so, so tell us, um, you know, uh, everyone has their own unique story about about college and their their experience and what it was like. So what, what's your most enduring memory when you think back to your time here at Cal Poly? We had and still have so many cool classes in the experience industry department. So I quite a few can come to my mind, but my favorite one was probably the National Parks class ah. with Professor George. And we were in Yosemite in November, tent camping and getting to check out all of the back of the house, concessionaires and all this cool stuff at Yosemite. And it was snowing at the same time. So we just had the coolest experience up there and seeing how a major, uh, you know, facility or park like that runs is just so uh, fascinating to me. And I definitely followed some other uh, bigger event company companies after that due mm-hmm. to that experience. I just, okay. I found it so interesting. Getting to see that behind the scenes is yeah. powerful. Yeah, for sure. So let, let's talk about uh, professional development. Um, obviously, I mentioned that that you preceded me here at Cal Poly. So I can't say what I normally say where I say, I know how involved you were, but um, I kind of assume how involved you were, Nicole, knowing uh, knowing how involved you've been, um, you know, since you since you graduated. Um, but but let's talk about that professional development experience. You know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, when they hear learn by doing, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we had learned by doing at our school too. 
But, you know, the thing that that we've discovered or that I've discovered about Cal Poly and, and that we all know and love about Cal Poly is that learn by doing ethos um, surrounds everything that we do. It's not just in class. It's, it's, it's about the clubs and it's about the, the living experience and it's about what you go out and do and volunteer with and all those sorts of um, examples. So when you look back and think about the professional development experience that you built. Obviously, you told us about uh, there in South Lake Tahoe, getting some of that before you even got here. But um, when you think about your time at Cal Poly, when you look back, what what professional development experience propelled you into what you're doing now? There's so many. Um, I say a lot. I right? loved, <laughs> yeah. I I love the experience at Cal Poly, not only all the different classes, but I worked a lot of different jobs while I was at Cal Poly intentionally. And that's the first thing I did when I got to school was I went to Dr. Hendricks and asked, I need, I want a part-time job. Like what connections do you have, Dr. Hendricks? And he gave me those connections. And very soon after I was uh, doing before school care at Pacheco Elementary, right down the street from the dorms. And I'd run down there at 6am and take care of the kids before I'd go to class and um, getting, continuing that professional development all the way through school. Uh, Also one that really stands out for me, it was the American Disabilities Act class that we had. And then the um, volunteer experience that you take away from that. Mm -hmm. I Uh, worked at an adult group home and helped take care of uh, the tenants uh, uh, at the home. And Mm -hmm. that turned into a job after that. They hired me on after Mm -hmm. that volunteer experience. And I continued to work with them through my college degree, through my college career for two more years, helping uh, developmentally disabled adults take care of themselves, go on walks, do activities, um, Mm -hmm. just hang out. So it was that was such a standout experience for me. I loved that so much. It was wow. so rewarding and um, just a different kind of creating of an experience that everybody deserves. Exactly. So I really thought that was beautiful. I can mention so many more. We planned events for senior <laughs> center dances. We put mm-hmm. on skate uh, party concerts for fundraisers to raise money. There's so many cool things that we did to gain that experience. And, and I I remember all of them so distinctly. Love it. Love it. So let's talk about uh, that transition out of Cal Poly and, and into the, to the career space. Um, Obviously, you, you know, I, I try to, I try not to say and into the working world because, you know, you, you were working, you've been working since you were in high school, but um, well, let's talk about your, your internship and, and uh, our, our current students in particular love to hear what you did, how you got it, that sort of thing. So can you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. That was a really cool experience for me too. My internship was with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, I was... I've never heard of them. Where are they? <laughs> Yeah. In this little town called LA up on this hill in Echo Park. Yeah. It's this little <laughs> and, place called Chavez Ravine. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And <laughs> I was the uh, event intern for all the kids' events that happened on the field cool. uh, before, before the games, essentially. Yeah. And in during the time between games, I was answering phone calls for group sales leads for kids groups. So we were basically selling group tickets to elementary schools, 
summer camps, um, Man, all sorts of, of yeah, it was so cool. Worst group sales environments <laughs> to be in in that one. It was wow. a really fun group sales environment and that, it was such a cool like experience. It. And I got that job through talking to people I know. And I can't really stress that enough as kind of Mm -hmm. one of my guiding tips for people that are looking for different opportunities is really use your network of people, whether it's through my dad, who had a friend that was leading Special Olympics down in Southern California and had a very tight connection with the Los Angeles Dodgers through Mm -hmm. the Special Olympics and was able to get me that internship. But it doesn't have to be through a family member. Uh, Maybe it's through a professor at school. Maybe it's through um, a boss that you have at another job. While I was in college, I also worked at Woodstock's Pizza, which was probably my funnest job to date. I've had a lot of cool jobs, but the funnest (laughs) job I've ever had is at Woodstock's Pizza. Nice, I bet. You know, so (laughs) just talking to people uh, that you know, maybe other classmates and aunts, uncles, um, Mm -hmm. getting that referral from somebody that somebody knows will really propel you ahead of other candidates when they're looking for somebody or get you into the position at the right time, right person, right time. It, yeah. it is a real thing. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, um, y- you know, we talk obviously, Nicole, a lot about networking and, you know, one of the things I've had to kind of, um, navigate in recent years is recognizing and and I think it's mainly been through my own experiences you know I mean I mean I remember when I first got here to California and um you know I went to my first conference um without Bill Hendricks you know <laughs> and I basically met no one and I networked very very little the only networking I did was like late at night at a bar drinking you know and um and that's not the the healthiest uh, way of to to network and and then I w- started going to conferences with Dr Hendricks and it's like that's real networking because he introduces you to everyone, right? And um, and uh, you know, but not everyone has a Bill Hendricks like that, right? You have to be able to recognize that networking is about putting yourself out there, about building relationships, and you know, we have a tendency to think to ourselves, well, that's not fair because I, my dad wasn't the director of Parks and Recreation for South Lake Tahoe or whatever, but. But yeah, but you do have the ability to meet people and there are people every day out there that you have no idea what doors they could open for you. And it's not to say that you go into relationships by saying, what door can this person open for me? It's being a genuine person and getting to know people and caring about people and listening to people and building those relationships. And that's fun, right? That is That can be fun and it's building something for yourself as well. So such great advice, Nicole. Let's talk about after... so. You had an experience with professional sports and then um, and then you went down um, the road more towards hospitality. So let's talk about uh, why you did that. Um, and uh, uh, l- let's just, you, you know, you were down in you were down in L.A., right? And, um, and and then you ended up working with Hornblower Cruises and Events, which is um uh, a company that uh, I, I think most Californians know and a lot of people around the country know because Hornblower 
um, is has such an iconic uh, uh, place in terms of uh, being the provider for Alcatraz and for, um, I believe in New York City, it's for the Statue of Liberty, those tours um, as well. Tell us about how you got that position down in Newport Beach, what you were doing um, and what a takeaway was there. Yeah, that was a great position to get me into one of those national companies and see that bigger picture. It was amazing. That yeah. was also through networking, through yeah. people uh, that I had known and met. Um, and just to emphasize that, that is how my entire career has progressed through yeah. networking and getting myself out there. And it hasn't always been through, uh, you know, my dad or those people, but from making my own connections in new cities too, you know, so it is pertinent to get out there and chat with people and get to know people. And that's how that uh, position started. And I was so intrigued by events, you know, we had yeah. done all these cool events at college and then I worked yeah. for the Dodgers and I had a special uh, event planning was my uh, minor in school. So I was uh, really centered around those events. So I wanted to see more of those. And while I loved the sports uh, events, it was awesome, but it was a little bit too centered around baseball for me. And that's kind of <laughs> an important part of that. <laughs> right, so right. I wanted to see more different kinds of events. So working for Hornblower got me more uh, into the wedding uh, arena. And I was really helping coordinate a lot of weddings and then corporate events on the boats that were in the Newport Harbor yeah. uh, and then working on the boats also servicing uh, three to four to 500 people events on a large ship. That was really, really fascinating uh, to be a part of as well. And yeah. I, I loved that experience and position. It was really cool. I bet. I bet. Now let's talk about that sales angle, right? So you've, um, you've had quite a bit of sales experience and obviously you're doing sales now. Um, and you know, whether it be events or hospitality or whatever it might be, you've got that sales piece keeps coming up. And so, um, I, I like to ask people involved in sales, um, what it was like at first getting into sales and, and whether or not there was, um, a barrier that you had to get over, you know, mm. like for me, I, um, I, I tell people that, um, I was really natural. I'm, I'm really natural with people until I have to sell you something. And then <laughs> I start like getting sweaty and my palms start, you know, and, and so like the actual trans, uh, the actual transaction, people are like, what is wrong with you? Like, uh, like, are you trying to like, are you trying to scam me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, I have this, like, I have this, this barrier. And mm -hmm. so I imagine that other people have th that barrier too, but I know that that's not the case. So tell us, uh, tell us about you and your journey with sales. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that when you're in school and you're learning all these things and then you're saying, I'm going to be an event planner, you don't realize what also that means. You think I'm going to plan the event. I'm going to put on the event. I'm going to dead. I'm going to execute the event. Yeah. But prior to the event, there's all this set of things that has to happen to get there. You have to yeah. attract the customer to you. You have to have right. them come and see the space. You have to be just like you said, 
friendly and welcoming and helpful, answering their questions in a timely manner. And then you have to sell the event. You have to get the contract signed. There's all these steps that go into before the event actually happens that I didn't really, that didn't, I hadn't really thought about that until I got into the business, which I think is kind of typical probably of a lot of industries. There's a whole sales process in most industries that people don't realize until they're in it. Yeah. And at first, it felt very robotic for me. So luckily, they prepare you, you know, okay, sell it like this. Here's yeah. what you have to sell. Here's your SWOT analysis, your strengths, weaknesses, uh-huh. opportunities, threats. This yeah. is what you have above your competitor. So they're giving you all this information. But then how are you giving that over to the client and customer yeah. so that it feels comfortable for them, just like mm-hmm. you said. And it doesn't feel like, oh, that was kind of awkward and strange. Yeah. So I think that that's been a process throughout my career that probably took a couple of years to go from the robotics of answering the question, and here it is, to becoming a little bit more of a natural sales experience yeah. where I can just chat with somebody on the phone and say, what are your needs? Tell me about this meeting. What are you trying to get out of it? What are your goals? What are your concerns? Did you have problems at the last property that you were at? And why aren't you going back there? Is there anything that I can get in front of to make your meeting or your event or your wedding the biggest success as possible? Yeah. And just chatting with a customer that way, mm-hmm. um, that's been a process in the in the whole uh, in my sales career that has taken time to get there. And now I'm really comfortable with it. And I'm also happy to try to mentor the sales managers below me to also kind of get into that space where it feels just more comfortable for them. Yeah, yeah I love it. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, I, I hate to, to to jump too far ahead, but um, the, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you worked for almost four years with uh, Hotel Nico uh, San Francisco. And, and so I imagine that was... Um, uh, a unique experience. You went from from uh, SoCal back up to nor- Northern California. Um, let's talk about what it was like working there in the city and working for a big hotel. Um, uh, tell us about one one key takeaway or or one uh, great story or, or experience that you had there with Hotel Nico. Mm. Uh, going to San Francisco was also such a great experience in that hospitality realm. And that's what got me kind of back into the hotel arena after events. I had also worked for the Moscone Center Convention Center up in San Francisco. And then the boss that I was working with there had moved over to the Hotel Nico and and basically taken me with him into the luxury hotel arena. And it was such a cool thing to see. We worked with baseball teams again. Um, yeah. They were coming to stay with us when they were playing against the Giants. We had oh, some really oh. hope high profile groups. We had presidential yeah. groups come through the hotel. Oh, wow. um, it, and working for a company and a hotel like that was uh, top notch, unprecedented. I can compare every other job I will ever have com- to that experience. They really know how to take care of their staff. The benefits packages were amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a huge hotel in San Francisco, but it's not unionized. And as you get into the hotel business, you kind of learn more about unions and non-unions and how they benefit hotels, but Mm -hmm. how they can also sometimes 
hold uh, people back when you're in the independent arena. So it was all really, really fascinating uh, learning experience in the, in the hotel arena. And I had some really excellent mentors at that location that I still keep in touch with today. I love it. That's really cool. What a great, what a great story. Thanks for sharing that. So you you've been back in the area um for what now nicole almost 14 almost years 14 next month years yeah mm-hmm. um so uh and i remember meeting you very soon after um uh, uh dr jerusha greenwood and i got here um so as i as i said at the beginning nicole um is uh, she sort of wears, I, I guess you kind of wear two hats, right? You're, or three hats, <laughs> right? So you're selling three different um, properties. Um, one of your main positions is director of sales and marketing for Seacrest Oceanfront Hotel, but then also for the Central Coast of California Hospitality Management Company, which, um, like I said earlier, includes three different hotels. So let's talk about, um, first of all, your day to day, right? Obviously, we, we talk about this every time with all of my guests. There's no, I, I know that one of the exciting things about our, our jobs is that there's no typical day to day necessarily. But if you could typify what an average day is like for you, tell us what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Every day is totally different. Um, but uh, I'm on average doing quite a bit of hotel work. I am also the revenue manager uh, along with the general managers of the three hotels. Mm. So I do quite a bit of reporting on uh, revenue data. So twice a week, I have to put together reports for the company and report back to ownership. Hotel ownership of these independent companies are usually fairly involved in the process. So we have weekly calls to review operations, revenue numbers, uh, things like that. So like this morning, I got in early, I had to run reports for all three hotels and send those out to hotel owners so they could review them before our call this afternoon. But today, I'm also going to pop out. I'm going to do some networking. I'm going to interview for a new employee. I'm going to set up for a group that we have coming in this weekend. I'm going to take a call with a marketing company to review a tool that they're trying to sell us so that we can text our guests a little bit better and Uh communicate with our customers. I'm going to meet with our social media team and make sure that their latest photo shoot went well and take a look at some of their proofs for our renovated rooms. Uh, So there's all sorts of things I do on any daily given basis. Uh, I do get to get out of the office quite a lot. I get to go and do networking events at Chamber of Commerce events or visit SlowCal, who is our uh, local DMC in the area. Uh, I also have the honor of being able to take the time to volunteer on boards. So right now I'm on the board for the South County Chamber of Commerce. Uh And I also served as their interim CEO last year while they were trying to hire a new person. So I kind of filled in in those steps and was basically helping small businesses succeed uh, during the pandemic and was able to secure $250,000 of ARPA funding for all those Mm. small businesses in our area. So while I'm uh, working for the hotel company, I'm also kind of coming back to my roots and helping the community and trying Mm. to be here for Pismo Beach and Grover Beach and Royal Grande in San Luis Obispo as a neighboring city and just uh, supporting the five cities area and making sure that we're having 
the right kind of tourists come to our area um, at the right time. That's kind of the point of tourism sales. Right. So um, do, doing all different kinds of things every right. given week. <laughs> and so for for our listeners, um, uh, Nicole is is what you call a mover and a shaker. Um, that was awesome, <laughs> Nicole. I love it. That's, uh, I, I don't think anyone has ever done a, a better job of uh, what do you do on a daily basis. So we really got an idea of that with um, with what you just said. Like, wow, what a, I, I just it's just amazing, and really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so let's talk about a little bit full circle what we what we talked about earlier with tourism and hospitality, um, and and let's let's start first with the challenges. Like, what are the challenges that you see there in in your position and and um, that you see facing the hospitality and tourism industry? Gosh, um, we are having a bit of a challenge right now with staffing, uh, just trying to keep uh, all levels of staffing where they need to be to support the amount of people that are traveling. So that's housekeepers, front desk agents, servers at restaurants, bussers at restaurants. We're having quite an issue in California uh, maintaining all of the facilities that are open at the moment. And then the other huge uh, factor that obviously everybody is aware of, of things like pandemics and um, things that we can't necessarily control, but we have to learn to adapt to them. We have to keep our staff safe. We need to keep our guests safe while still uh, making revenue at the end of the day and supporting all of the jobs that we employ in the area of over 150 people in our hotel company. So things that are out of our control um, and other factors like that, uh, weather could come into play. Like you mentioned before, natural disasters like Maui seeing that's obviously going to impact that area of the Island for years to come. Uh, We also have forest fires all along the West coast and up in Canada that we deal with all the time in the same tourism areas. So those are really the things that we have to think about most. And and yeah. at the end of all that is safety. Yeah. So how are we keeping our employees safe? How are we keeping our guests safe? How are you keeping your person that's coming to have that experience safe? Like the person that's attending Disneyland, how are they staying right. safe? Right. Um, all, all of those factors. So that's yeah. been the biggest challenge in the last couple of years in, gotcha. in our realm. Gotcha. So now let's uh, let's let's turn it around to opportunities. You know, um, obviously we all who, th- those of us who live here in, on the Central Coast, we we value it highly. We 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 look at it at like our own little slice of paradise, as we say. And 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 you being there um, on the waterfront, and and you know, whenever I drive through, I'm just like, oh, it's just so gorgeous, and it's just so amazing. And and you know. Um, I, I don't think I really got a full, uh, not not growing up, he, having not grown up here, I don't think I really fully understood Pismo Beach's place in um, in tourism, right? Until um, I guess it was this past summer, uh, we were driving through and, and Jerusha uh, said something to the kids of, 
Pismo Beach is the quintessential California beach town, and people come from all over the world to see that. And um, and so, talk about the opportunities that you have there for the three properties, and and in 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 selling um, our little slice of paradise to people around the world. Yeah, it's true. It, it, we do call ourselves the classic beach town, so yeah. that's exactly how yeah. it's being marketed and branded. Yeah. And yes, we're trying to ride that wave with our properties. We recently bought the Tides Ocean View Inn and Cottages, as you mentioned. It's right next door to the Seacrest. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some renovations on that property. And as we add some more units and some more buildings to it in the future, after all the permitting and all the things that you have to go through, we yeah. really want to keep it that classic California Highway one motel beachy feel and not change it, not try to modernize it and make it, um, you know, Laguna Beach. It's not Laguna Beach. It's still Pismo Beach. Yeah. So really trying to keep that feeling as the whole entire town uh, makes upgrades, which which is excitingly is happening. Yeah. And still keeping it a, a small town feel. So the growth isn't going to be exponential. The growth is going to be the right customer at the right time. Like I mentioned, it's not necessarily going to bring more people to our area. It's going to bring the right people to our area that are more interested in outdoor activities uh, and, and those kind of things. Through the pandemic, we did have the opportunity to be enlightened to more Californians that hadn't experienced us before, that maybe would have flown to Hawaii in the past or did their regular Florida vacation or whatever it was. They were driving to Pismo Beach instead, and they'd never even stayed here. And we have retained some of that customer base. That's also part of marketing that's so important, gathering that data and holding on to it so that you can continue to reach out to those people. And our email list over the pandemic grew from 40,000 people to 80,000 people. So um, using utilizing those opportunities, even during a time that could be a hard time, Mm-hmm. finding the opportunity within that time and maximizing on it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's niche market type of things um, right. and identifying the right customer is kind of the key. Right. Love it. Love it. So let's talk a little bit uh, about this co-creation of experiences. You, you were, you've touched on it. There, there've been threads uh, of it uh, throughout our, our conversation today. Obviously, you you weren't here. You preceded our move to experience industry management, right? But one of the things that I think has been so exciting about the move for us is that no matter what, you know, whether it's Jamie, your brother, right, that's in a startup, or whether it's you in a typical position, right, in, in hospitality and tourism, or a nurse like your mom, right? We're, we're each co-creating experiences um, in some way, shape or form. And so I wonder if you can touch on that and whether you've seen this experience design element play out in what you do. Oh, absolutely. In every job I've ever had, without a doubt, ex- the experience uh, starts from the get-go. It starts from the person discovering your brand, However, that may be, whether it's on the social media or uh, through a friend or through word of mouth or through an ad I place in a magazine at Cal Poly, and then them hitting the website. There, there's the first experience. Then they're going through the process of, 
of discovering your hotel or your uh, event or attraction or activity? What's the experience of them thinking about going to do it or imagining themselves being there? And then they're going to make the reservation. How's that experience? Is it easy to to navigate the website when they call in? Do they get a friendly voice that knows what they're talking about? Or is it a call center that's like, doesn't have a clue what's going on. What is that experience like? Right. And then once that I remember person, those days. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Where and are then, you located? <laughs> are you a robot? I'm not even yeah. sure you're a real human. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then from the time that they drive onto the property, how does the landscaping look? Is the monument sign clean and fresh? Do you have marketing and branding in your parking lot? Mm-hmm. Are your trash cans looking good? Do you have enough trash cans? Mm-hmm. All of these things before the customer has even come to check in the hotel. Yeah. And then of course you have your front desk experience. That's kind of a key experience. How was the yeah. agent when you were getting the keys? Were they friendly yeah. or did they act like you were a nuisance to them and they were annoyed by your presence? Nobody wants that when they're coming mm-hmm. To visit uh, a store or a hotel or a restaurant, nobody wants their yep. server to feel like the you know make the customer feel like they're a nuisance. So all of those are part of the experience. The housekeeping is part of the experience. The events that you have on property are part of the experience. Even down to are there enough pool towels available by the pool yep. is part of the experience because yep. I can tell you during a very busy summer, a lot of our pool towels miraculously end up down on the beach and we run out of pool towels. And then our, our customers are like, Oh my gosh, there's no towels by the pool. Isn't that, that's a nightmare. That's an absolute nightmare. So having to keep up all all these experiences throughout the entire process, including the end where you're texting them, you're asking them for a trip advisor review, you're asking them for their feedback and you're going to hit them up again in the future in an e-blast for a future reservation. So there's an experience cycle through the whole relationship of you and your customer. And -hmm. you have to, if you're doing it well, think of every single moment of that and make sure that it's all on point and it's all on brand with what the message you want it to be is. And it's Mm -hmm. all consistent. And the business will naturally come to you if you continue to make uh, those things all consistent, basically. Right, right. I love it, um, and it's so exciting. And I, I think you know that we're we're um, officially opening our Experience Innovation Lab this this uh, this fall in the in the new Frost Center. And um, just thinking about all the possibilities there, you know, when we when we think about um, the next generation and what they like and what they're gonna experience and all of that, it's just so exciting thinking about researching all of that and and. Um, so speaking of um, the next generation, when when you, uh, if you could time travel, Nicole, and go back to, to 2003, uh, what would you tell your junior year self? I would tell myself to not try to compare my, my journey with other people's journeys. Everybody's professional journey is going to be so different. I remember a time when maybe I was like five years into my career and I was still a coordinator and I thought, "Mm, how long am I going to be a coordinator for? You know, like when am I going to move up to the next level of sales manager or whatever that was? Mm -hmm. And I wish I wouldn't have worried so much about the timeline and that it would, and that I knew that it would play out in the best way possible when I was ready to move on to the next thing. 
uh, at the right time. And it all did. And, and there was really no comparing. Sometimes I would compare myself to those engineering friends, like, oh, yeah. they're already a principal at a private company. And uh -huh. it's like, well, it's totally different. It's yeah. a totally different industry. It's not comparable. Yeah. So also in the hospitality industry, the sooner you get started at the customer service level, meaning a front desk agent, a reservations agent, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a cashier at the shop, a mm -hmm. server at the restaurant, a, a hostess at the restaurant, mm -hmm. the, the faster you are going to progress your career up the ladder. Within yeah. the hospitality industry, most people are successful when they start at the bottom so that they can learn how mm -hmm. it is to service the customer. And then you move your way up the ladder. So when I was in college, I was a reservation agent at the Apple Farm. Yeah. For two years. Yeah. That really gave me that back of house experience to understand yeah. how that hotel starts working. And then I already had that experience on my resume when I went to go and try to get another job at a hotel. I had already done my time as a reservation agent and right. I moved right into that front desk level easily. So getting started early, going and getting a part-time job at yeah. a hotel right now is only right. going to get you higher faster if that was something that you were interesting getting into hotel management basically right right love it um and uh you know you you pretty much answered my last question is is advice you would give to those who who are interested in a career in hospitality and tourism um you know you mentioned um this the staffing issues that you had that you have and um and so i imagine there are some opportunities if if um if any of our students are listening and and uh, maybe need a, a part-time job i suppose that they could reach out to you uh via linkedin and um and see about opportunities but what advice would you would you give them yeah, that's exactly it. Um, also, internships, as as all Cal Poly students are required to complete before their graduation. But any internships that you can take to get you that experience will also really help because it'll also get you that referral for a future job, potentially. Um, I've had probably over 10 Cal Poly interns here in my department uh, since I've worked here. And they're so helpful and they're so eager to learn and it's so fun to mentor them through the process and then also see their career growth after yeah. after they leave here yeah. it's just such a joy to Love see it. so getting that part-time job or that internship even if it's not your required uh, 400 hours to graduate yeah. do do a different one if you if you have the time um yeah. do that for yourself and get that head start Love it. Love it. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. It's so great to catch up with you and, and reconnect and um and just uh cannot thank you enough. Um, not just for today, but but for over the years and all the support that you've given to the department and paying it forward. And like you said, being a mentor and um and just just want to say thanks. Well, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate being a part of the process and learn by doing is a forever motto of all of our alumni, no doubt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Take care. See ya. You too. Bye now. Bye.